Hi guys and a great big warm welcome to episode 47 of the Ask Zophie podcast. I've just had a realisation, brainy me, that obviously I'm only five episodes away from episode 52, which will be the, well, mean I've been doing this podcast for a year. I cannot believe that. <laughs> That's really crazy. I, I know this is a funny thing that we say, like, where does the time go? But it really feels like three months, maybe, not pretty much a year. So I want to start with that and be like, yeah, that's cool. And I say this kind of thing all the time, but please take that as a point or a note of inspiration for you. If you're thinking about starting something or you think, oh, what's the point? Or I'm, you know, I'm behind or I've only done X amount. That as you know, once you get going, before you know it, you're nearly a year in or, or whatever it might be. So please take that as a point of inspiration. And also my sort of kind of behind the scenes that again, I want to share. Okay, so today's topic is going to be kind of a, a heavy one. And it's actually a challenging one for me to talk about. The reason I'm talking about it is because I've been asked about it. And I think I'm in a unique position to help. And I really want to do that. But it is, it's not an easy thing for me to talk about. And it is is bringing up fear in me, frankly. But I'll talk about that in a minute. Anyway, what I wanted to do before I get into it, because it is somewhat of a heavy topic, is some of you listening will be, of course, are going to be in a similar position to me. Some of you listening are going to be, you've been through toxic relationships and you feel like you're never going to find love again. Some of you will be just single and maybe have been single for a long time and are concerned about finding love. So I want to start by sharing that on Saturday, you you guys will probably know, or many of you will know that uh, it's been, yeah, um, well, since, since Daniel and I first spoke, it's been, what are we now, April, so it's been just over three months. But since we first met just over two months but you'll know that I manifested a really beautiful loving relationship into my life and on Saturday just gone Daniel the man in question and uh, his kids both met my kids and we spent a really lovely day together the reason I want to share that is to give you hope like my journey to manifesting that kind of call it what you want but that soulmate connection into my life that person who I just feel this real connection and this beautiful loving bond with it's been a long journey with many challenges and and for many of you it it won't be as challenging as that maybe for some of you more maybe some of you same but it was a particularly long and protracted journey but the point is if you are at a juncture or a place or a space in your journey where you feel despondent where you feel like it's not gonna happen for you please take what I'm saying again as a point of hope and inspiration I say this all the time if I can do it anyone can do it and of course that means 
you can do it. All right, so I what I want to talk on today, what I want to speak to is somebody asked me, I was having a conversation with somebody on Friday who is co-parenting with a toxic or challenging, call it what you want, ex-partner. And the reason why I speak with trepidation today is I don't share much about this side of my story because uh, because it's so personal and because it because of the nature of what I'm going to speak to and the fact that it, it it also impacts my children. So I'm going to very carefully navigate this kind of minefield and speak to this question. Uh, because of my experience, both in terms of the situation here and what I what I do for a job, I'm able to offer a unique and helpful perspective on this. And that is massive for me to be able to show up and serve, to be able to show up and help. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. I am not doing it because I want to do it. I'm doing it. I mean, I do, but it is, I feel this, I feel like it's the the right and the helpful thing to do. So the, the question was really, it's all about how do I co-parent with my toxic ex-partner? And the conversation I was having with this lady that asked the question, you know, I was explaining that this is the situation that I have to deal with with my children's dad and obviously I'm not going to say too much about it for reasons that will be particularly clear for those of you that are going through the same kind of situation but suffice to say I I understand I get it I have to live with this situation where hopefully if you've if you've followed me or you've worked with me or you know me then you will feel my heart and my goodness and I adore my children I care deeply for them I you know I'm sat up at night like googling their human design and how I can parent them better and uh, th- there isn't anything that I'm more passionate about than than my my children I have a great passion to be of service and for my work but it it it's not it's not prioritized over over my children and so i am in a situation where that love and that positive intent is 100% there and as i say hopefully you can see that because it's helpful for you to see that however from the the individual in my life who is uh the challenge to contend with that is tainted and twisted and a very different tale is told and so this is the 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 vantage point the perspective from which i speak with complete understanding of what it is like to have these positive these loving intentions and have them twisted to be abused to be uh, spoken of in a way that is opposite of the truth to be told that you're the opposite of what you are all those things I'm not going to go into it but really what I want to get across is I understand 
I have been through this and I live with this and I go through this. So I don't speak to any of this lightly. I speak from personal experience of that situation, but also being able, thank goodness, to bring all of the stuff that I preach about to to play in order to help. And I do this to help myself and now I'm sharing to help you guys. So if you are someone who is needing to co-parent with a toxic ex-partner, because of course, typically, if if you have an individual like that in your life, you're going to no longer interact with them. Some of you will have a toxic parent uh, or a boss or could be a family member that you will have to contend with and it will and it will be similar. In an ideal world, you would just not interact with that person. But if for some reason you are needing to interact with that person, and of course co-parenting is the perfect example of that, of, of this rather, then what I'm going to speak to today, uh, much of it will be helpful for you. So the first thing I want to say is I want to recognize that this is what I would call a challenging situation. If you know me, you know I don't very, very rarely use words like hard or difficult. I would I would use the word challenge instead, not to minimize the impact of it, but to minimize the impact on myself based on the language that I use. So I want to be real about this and respectful of that and say that, yeah, it is a challenging situation. I'm not going to say it's easy. And we need to start there. And therefore, if you find yourself in this situation, I want you to have heaps of compassion for yourself, kindness towards yourself. Somebody messaged me yesterday and said, ah, help, I'm slipping into victim mode, which I will do a podcast on also. And I I, I said to her, I gave her a few tips. And one of them was, you need to treat yourself with heaps of compassion but also to be firm with that voice and I speak to this a lot so we don't want to go into victim mode but we do want to have that compassion so recognize take a moment to validate yourself and your experience it is a challenge have compassion for yourself please okay Following on from that, what I just said a moment ago or just touched upon a moment ago is, I speak to this also a lot, is is how there's this fine line. There's a fine line between having compassion for yourself and showing kindness to yourself and falling into victim mode. The former, in other words, being compassionate and so on is really, really healthy and helpful. The latter which is to say going into victim victim mode is really not healthy and absolutely not helpful. So you want to navigate this fine line really mindfully. Again, it's about being compassionate towards yourself, but not starting to go into poor me. It's understandable that this would happen, but it's not helpful. I say this all the time. Yeah, that's understandable. You know, my daughter woke up this morning and went, oh, I don't want to go to school. I get it, but it's not helpful. I hear you. I'd feel the same on a Monday morning when it's raining and you've just had a great weekend. But opening up that Pandora's box of negativity is just going to see you fall into it and get lost among it. So be 
really compassionate with yourself, but also firm in terms of where your thinking's going and how you're thinking. So really be mindful of navigating that fine line, traversing it uh, with, with an awareness that you want the compassion, but not the poor me mode. And something that will help you with this is, is, is being mindful of your focus. And one of my favorite things to remind myself of, particularly in this situation, which is a challenge, is your power is in your response. Your power is in your response. So somebody can come to you and they can call you names. They can twist and invert the truth. They can accuse you of things you haven't done and so on and so forth. You cannot control that. But what you can control is how you respond. And I get it with Dr. Ramani said that you need different rules with narcissists versus quote unquote normal people. You can't deal with them in the typical reasonable way because you can't reason with them. So if you if you were navigating a challenge with a quote unquote normal person, you might just want to explain your point and stay calm and so on and so forth. You can't do that with somebody who's narcissistic because you cannot reason with them. But bearing this in mind, you still get to decide how you respond. And keep yourself focused here because it's so easy to get taken off track and be thinking about what they're doing and how wrong it is and this, that and the other. And you're going to have a great case with someone like this to be like what they're doing just is unkind or it's cruel or it's quote unquote wrong and so on and so forth. But getting too bogged down in that narrative, in that vernacular, true or not, is not going to be helpful. And again, you know me, you'll know that that's what I'm about. If sitting and having conversations for hours on end about what that person did or does and, and how unhelpful it is, if that was helpful, I would be a proponent of that. It, it just isn't. So keep bringing yourself back to this my power is in my response. Tell yourself that my power is in my response. And one of the questions I love that aligns with this is who do I want to be in this situation? Who do I want to be? Do you want to be a loving parent? Do you want to be assertive? Do you want to be calm? Do you want to be the voice of reason? Do you want to be extra loving towards yourself? Decide on that focus here. Focus is massively important. And also a slight aside from that, I remember in marriage guidance counseling years ago, one of the things that one of the counsellors said, because we went twice actually, uh, hashtag fun times, but anyway, um, was if you have two parents with kind of really converse, sort of juxtaposed opinions, and, and this, this is really common, you know, partly because of the male-female divide, partly because of the whole opposites attract, whether it's in relationship or when you're co-parenting. Uh, there's a positive in this, in that the child or the children get to see firsthand, okay, well, when, when, a, when a parent is like this, when this is how they act, this is how their life goes. And when the other parent is like this, this is how their life goes. And particularly as they grow, they will observe this up close and personal. And they'll get to decide, right, I see that this person is, is really, really busy and they're really stressed. I don't want that, so I'm not going to be so busy. I see that this other person eats healthy food and they, they've got lots of energy. I want to do that. And that actually is a positive in it. I think of this often. It really resonated with me when I first heard it. And it really helps. If you 
are in a situation where you feel like you are doing the quote unquote right things or healthy things for your child or your children and then you see the the parent with whom you're co-parenting not and they're you know this this podcast episode of course is speaking to not just two not just two healthy uh, well-adjusted parents co-parenting it's it's speaking to you if you're in a situation where your ex-partner is clearly doing things that are just not healthy then then for me this can give some sense of of solace and the other thing that helps me enormously and this is just my personal belief my belief is that we are all souls that are temporarily for this human experience flowing through our, our physical bodies and that on a soul level we are eternal we, we live again and again and again and we choose who we're going to incarnate as and we also choose who our parents are going to be and I know many of you are like what lady what are you on about you don't have to believe this. It's my personal belief. And again, I find this helpful. So if I think about my children going into a challenging situation, without this understanding, it's just incredibly, uh, it feels wrong and it feels painful. But when I remind myself, they they chose this uh, from a soul level. Again, it takes the edge off. And the other thing, having gone through a childhood that was incredibly painful, uh, for lots of different reasons, I really have experienced firsthand that that those challenging situations that you that you, some of us might go through as as children really can be our platforms, ultimately not our prisons. And again, you can relate this to your child or children if you feel like when you're sending them back to the other parent that it's a bit like you're you're sending them into the the lion's den or whatever. And of course, because the court system doesn't recognize narcissism and toxicity, it will recognize physical abuse, but it won't recognize mental abuse. Then many of us are in situations where you're needing to send your children into an environment that you ordinarily wouldn't want to send them into. So again, I'm here to be helpful. And this perspective helps me. If it helps you adopt it, run with it, um, use it. Okay, the other thing that I've learned, having been at the mercy of individuals in my life who are uh, manipulative and, and toxic, there will be people out there who just don't understand this, particularly if you if you've been married to or with someone who's narcissistic, who's very charming, and there are people who've fallen under their spell, and you try and explain the the hurt and the damage and the abuse some people just won't get it and you want to avoid those people as much as you can perhaps in general or specifically you don't want to go to them with your issues or or to try and get compassion from them they will just add insult to injury it's it's like put, putting salt in the wound what what you do want is to find a person or some people who have heaps of compassion who've maybe been through something similar or are just very compassionate and share your experience with them the ones who tell you or you need to forgive or uh, uh whatever it might be you don't need those people in your life um or like i say specifically in in, in regards to discussing what's happened Another thing I think that's relevant is I saw Anita Morjani, who I adore, uh, a few years back now in Bristol. She was doing a workshop and, and 
a lot of it was about, okay, there are going to be things in your life that deplete you. It might be like caring for um, an elderly relative or doing a, a particularly demanding job or in terms of what I'm speaking to here, interacting with, co-parenting with that with that ex-partner who is making things challenging. This is something that you you got to do. You just can't get away from it. You can you can make it a bit easier on yourself, but you're going to have to do it for a number of years. So, okay, that's one of the things that depletes you. What you want to do to help to balance that out is to make sure that you are in involved in activities and endeavors that replenish you. So it's a bit like I don't know if any of you watched the farm with Jeremy Clarkson that I absolutely loved. Oh my God, I couldn't believe it. People kept recommending it. I was like, oh, it sounds really boring. Uh, I had to totally eat my words on that one because I loved it more than anything I've watched for ages, actually. But what what he was talking about a bit in that, because it's all about farming, and actually there was a certain kind of joy that I found in <laughs> in watching Jeremy Clarkson get really peed off about stuff it was it was a certain special kind of therapy for me but anyway in farming of course you're you're depleting the soil of nutrients as you're you're growing um can't think what the word is now crops <laughs> I was gonna say stock you're growing crops and you need to to put that goodness back in it's the same with you in your life if you have this situation that is depleting you and it is going to be taking from you make sure that you have ways to replenish so I've just had my children for five nights and there were two particular interactions within that that were very challenging where what I was doing in all faith and all goodness was being twisted and so on and so forth. That emotionally depletes me. And so today I'm going to be mindful of, okay, what can I do to really nourish myself? Think of yourself like that, that field that has just allowed the crops to grow. And this is of course what you're doing for your child or your children how are you going to now nourish yourself? And this this is really, really important. Um, I said a, a short while ago that you don't want those people in your life who don't understand. What you do want is if you're able to, if there's someone, a friend or um, a sibling, my probably biggest one is my sister. Shout out to my adorable 20 years younger than me sister oh my goodness um she is just my biggest cheerleader she sees me she's so sweet to me she's so supportive and sometimes I just need that and so it's like the you want someone or someone's if you can if there's anyone there in your life who tells you the opposite of what this toxic person is saying to you so the toxic person you know, I've been called lazy, stupid, selfish, greedy, uh, so so many things. You want someone who tells you, no, you're amazing. You are a good mum. You are so loving. You, you need that to counteract the negativity and and ultimately the, the lies. And please rely on that person or those people. They if they love you, which they're going to, they're going to want to do that for you. Again, it's about making up for the what's being taken from you. So when I was in 
the relationship with with this toxic person in my life what I realized was uh latterly they were the personification of my inner critic if you have a narcissist or a toxic person so basically your inner critic tends to tell you the opposite of what is true because it's trying to hold you back and narcissists will also commonly do this if they see that you're a particularly good people person they will tell you for example no one really likes you or if they see that you're really kind they're going to tell you you're so mean-spirited it's it's the opposite of what's true because it's an attempt to to, to destabilize you and and so the the interesting thing is that there's this parallel between the inner critic which i speak to a lot and these toxic individuals so know this if they tell you that you are lazy chances are they a they feel that way about themselves or they're worried that that's the way that they are and or b you are someone who has a great work ethic start with this as your baseline if they tell me i'm stupid chances are i'm freaking smart and that's why they're telling me it that's why you're in a critic is saying it because it doesn't want you to recognize you're smart and then go do something with it and change and grow because it thinks that's dangerous that's why the toxic person is telling you that because they don't want you to succeed they're invested in you failing so start with this as the the sort of the, the, as as your starting point pretty much what they say is true is going to be the opposite of truth okay and this leads me on to my next point which is um dr ramani talks about this about having radical acceptance 99.9999% this person particularly if they're narcissistic are not going to change and i say this all the time in in a challenging situation you only ever have three three choices you can accept it you can change it or you can leave if you're co-parenting with it with an uh, with an ex you can't leave there are certain things you might be able to do to change it which i'll talk about in a minute um but part of it is going to be acceptance just knowing that okay their their typical stance is to want to try and make things more challenging their typical stance is to twist things their typical stance is to want conflict and so on and so forth once you can really begin to make peace with this then you save yourself all of the extra stress that comes from pushing against and being completely transparent again i do not find this easy i t- to me when i show up in good faith and with this open heart and just full of love and wanting the best for my children and it's twisted it it still does jolt me i'm still healing through that i will have to be honest about this but it's not really traumatizing me in the way that i know that it will for some of you guys which is again why i want to share on this so that radical acceptance leaning into acceptance will always help you So one practical thing is minimize your interactions as much as you are able. You know, you're going to probably have to have some interaction, but do whatever whatever it takes to make it easier on yourself. The truth is you can't heal in the same in the you can't heal in the same environment that made you sick. So of course you're coming out of that environment because you're no longer living with that person, but any time you're interacting and they are again 
calling you names or accusing you of things or whatever they're doing, it's to some degree putting you back in that environment. And so it's going to be re-traumatizing you without sounding too dramatic. You're going to have to, to deal with a certain amount of that. But the more you can minimize that, the better, because then you can carry on your healing journey without too much of, of an opportunity to be derailed from that. So it might be that I haven't done this myself, but I know there are certain apps that you can use. Um, I don't know what it's called. And I, I know that there's the one that's kind of like WhatsApp, but it's, it's court approved and all of your mess you can't delete any message or anything like that so whether it's something like that or you say we're only going to interact on email or there's going to be a third party involved do whatever it takes whatever's necessary that you're able to do to enable you to start to cultivate an environment in which you can heal and linked in with that I would say what's key in respect to this and also generally is to make the decision that you are going to be the source of love for yourself, that you need to heal from this. So obviously you're not going to get that from 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 the <laughs> the other parent, from that source of toxicity. Um, in fact, they're doing the opposite of it, but you can show up and decide, okay, I'm going to be the source of all this extra compassion, all this extra love, all this extra understanding. So yes, you might have that other external cheerleader or couple of people who who provide that too, but decide fundamentally, I'm going to be the one. So in terms of my journey, uh, which and there's some so, so many things that I can't share because it impacts other people, but suffice to say that there's been a long, long period of 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 trauma and mental mental abuse that that was and still is really challenging for me. So I'm particularly mindful of showing up for my inner child, that sweet sweet essence of who I am, and and being that source of love for her. And I would say do the same for yourself in terms of that compassion, that replenishment, and that love. Now, one final thing I want to share that I talk about a lot with with clients is when someone does something to you that is not kind or whatever, I would always say deal with it on two levels, the physical and the spiritual, or the physical and the non-physical. The physical level, someone does something, you know, they call you a name or they're abusive or whatever, then you want to get away from them, you want to put boundaries in place, whatever it might be. But on a spiritual level, it's thinking, okay, well, what is this bringing to me? In, in my life, for example, the cruelty that I've been subjected to for a long time, it has put a fire in my belly to be a source of goodness on this planet. And that wouldn't be there without all of that abuse and name calling and being told that, uh, essentially who I am the, the the deep deep kindness in my heart is wrong and so on the one level I always say it's like I'm not going to say swearing on here because I want to keep it clean but F you that's on a human level but on a spiritual level it's thank you we want to have these two parts at play because these two parts are invariably at play and if we only do the like you're you're you know an a-hole get out of my life we're missing the key piece of the puzzle here so it's thinking about 
okay, through all of this pain, through all of this on a human level wrongdoing, what good can come from this? How can I use this to serve myself and to serve the planet? At the same time, not allowing that abuse to continue. So it's this twofold response that addresses both sides of things that are both present. Hopefully that makes sense. So Yeah, I really do want to extend my love and compassion and understanding to you if you are going through this situation and to validate you because I know that there aren't many places that you can reach out to where you will get that understanding and that validation and I think that's really important but I do I'm not about supporting you going into victim mode because of course I want to be helpful. If any questions come up for you based on this please reach out uh if you want to message me i am i'm here the quickest way or the easiest way is just to dm me on instagram um i will respond to those messages and there are also some other previous podcasts if you're listening to this um episodes rather and you're if you listen to this and you haven't to go back to that will kind of tie into this i'm really happy to cover this (laughs) it will i say that happy in inverted commas no i'm happy to do it to help it uh it puts me in in a in a vulnerable position but that's only from a human level i know on a soul level that everything is all is well and that i and all of us are, are divinely protected and that's what i will lean into as i edit this as i've recorded this and as i as i put this out into the world so thank you so much for listening yeah please be in touch if anything comes up from this um also i was chatting to the lady on friday that this question came from and said i'm really happy to do a workshop to talk to groups of individuals who are going through this because as ever i'm here to use the challenges in my life to to help and support you guys and this is obviously one of those topics that i'm in a unique position to help with so happy to do that. Have an amazing rest of your day. I will be back next week. And as ever, thanks for listening. And if this has helped, please drop me a message. It's always lovely to hear from you and and you guys do. And it's really, I I super appreciate it. But yeah, Uh, bye for now. See you next week. Well, not see you, but I'll be here next week. You know what I mean? (laughs) Bye.